0: Would you stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking at the golden text of the Bible, John chapter 3 and verse number 16, maybe the very first scripture you ever memorized, John three sixteen. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The title of my message today is Mission Possible. Mission Possible. Father, thank you for your incredible, your infallible, your miraculous, your life-changing word. God, I just pray today, Lord, that your anointing will rest upon the message, upon the messenger, Lord, today. God, I pray, Lord, that you'll do what I am unable to do, God, I pray that you will touch the heart of your people today. God, may we respond to the word that we receive as you would have us to respond. All of these things we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. You can be reseated this morning. Over half of our world has never heard about Jesus. Think about that this morning. Over one half of our world has never heard. Even heard the name Jesus. Every single minute that passes by, 104 people in our world dies. 68 of them go to hell. Our mission seems impossible. How do you make an impossible mission possible? The answer, I believe that we can make an impossible mission possible by doing two things. The first thing that I think we need to do, and that is we need to cultivate a heart for missions. Cultivate a heart for missions. Why why do I stand up here every single Sunday and challenge you to give to missions? I do that because I have a heart for missions. You might say, Pastor, where did you get your heart for missions? I got my heart for missions from my father. I'm not talking about my earthly father. I'm talking about my heavenly Father. We read at John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. He loved the world so much that he gave his one and his only Son that whoever would believe upon him would not have to perish but could have everlasting life. Do you understand that Jesus was the first missionary? And do you understand that his Father was his sender? If you have truly captured your father's heart, you will have a heart for missions. Can I tell you that I I honestly just cannot understand Christians who don't have a heart for missions. Let me give you three keys to cultivating a heart for missions this morning. Three keys. If we're going to cultivate a heart for missions, we're going to have to do these three things. The first thing we're going to have to do is we're going to have to listen for a voice. Listen for a voice. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 8. The Bible says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord. I what? I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, Lord. Send me. See, God had a, mission, God had a message that, he, that needed to be heard. And he looked around for a messenger. And, and God cried out, who can I send to speak my message? Who is willing to go and speak my message? Isaiah was listening. Perhaps he was the only one that was listening to God because nobody else responded. Nobody else volunteered. But Isaiah replied, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Lord, send me. Whether God is calling us to go to, to go, or whether God is calling us to send someone. In order for us to have a heart for missions, we must first be listening for a voice. And I'm going to challenge you during our missions advancement week. I'm going to challenge you to listen for a voice. But not just any voice, but to listen for the voice of the Lord. Ask God to speak to you this week as to what he wants you to do for missions in the coming year. Yes, we're going to talk about money. Yes, we're going to talk about giving of our finances to missions. But, but I've told you now for 14 years that I believe that God has called us to be a sending church. And so that's why that we give so much money to missions, because we believe that, that we are a sending church, that it is our responsibility to put the money in the hands of those that are willing to go and partner with those that are willing to go. But the Lord brought something else to my attention recently, and that is if we are truly a sending church, not only will we send our money, but we will also send missionaries. And so I'm believing this week, even this week during missions, advancement week, I'm believing that God is going to speak to somebody's heart. I'm going to ask God to call somebody out of our congregation to become a missionary. That we will give our sons and our daughters to missions. Several years ago, God spoke to me. I've always been heavy in giving to missions. I've always preached Missions I've always promoted. Missions, I believe, the reason God has blessed our ministry significantly all these years, even going into churches that, that, that were absolutely bankrupt. But when we began to preach and promote missions, they began to be blessed of God, and they become began to become healthy, and they began to prosper because it's the heart of God. It's the greatest investment that we can make in the kingdom, and that is to be a missions-minded church. I've always been good to give to missions, but several years ago, the Lord challenged me, the Lord spoke to me and challenged me to give a double tithe. I've always been a tither from the very first time that that, that I was given my one dollar for my allowance as a kid. All through my life, I've always been a tither, but God said, I want you to do a double tithe. I want you to continue to give your tithe, but then I want you to give a second tithe to missions, We responded to God several years ago. We've been doing this now for several years. A couple years ago, God challenged me to do even more than the double tithe for missions. But guess what? We don't even miss it. We don't even miss it. Because God makes it up to us in so many other ways. Here's what I know this morning. This is what I know. If you have a heart for missions, your wallet will prove it. But Don't just listen for a voice. Second thing you need to do is you need to look at the need. Look at the need. John chapter 4 and verse 35. Jesus said, open your eyes and look on the fields for they are ripe unto harvest. Did you hear what Jesus said? Jesus said, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. Look at the need. There are needs everywhere. Look at the need. If you have any heart at all, It can be cultivated for missions by simply looking at the need. If you've ever been to a third world country, then you know how ridiculous it is for us Americans to complain that they didn't cook our steak the way we ordered it at the steakhouse. Or how upset we are that they forgot to put ketchup in our sack with our fries when we went through the drive through Because you see, the majority of people in a third world country go to bed hungry nearly every single night. They drink contaminated water. Disease is rampant with no modern medical facility. Poverty is everywhere. They live in makeshift shelters. Anything with a roof over it is considered a luxury. Orphans and beggars are everywhere, and their eyes are hollow because of hopelessness and despair. How do we make an impossible mission possible? We do that by cultivating a heart for missions by looking at the need. Let me tell you that you do not have to go outside the United States to see the need. Recently, I I was going to pray for someone in our church and I had to drive through an area of the city that I had not driven through in several years. I had been living in my own little bubble and I was surprised to be reminded of the need that's right at home. Let me just say the neighborhood I was driving through was not a gated community. And my heart was saddened to see what I saw. And immediately I thanked God for my life. And immediately I began to repent for any complaining that I might have done in the past. I challenge you today. I challenge you today to go for a drive. And I challenge you to go into some neighborhoods in our city that you haven't driven through in a few years. Keep your windows up and your doors locked, but go. I challenge you, get on the internet and pull up some villages in third world countries and see how they live. Look at the need. At the Grace Place, we meet human needs. A part of our mission's strategy is we meet human needs. We drill water wells for people that have never, ever experienced fresh water. We feed hungry children by the thousands. We help orphans find a home. We provide school supplies for kids whose parents cannot afford them. We support ministries that rescue young women and girls from sex trafficking. And the list goes on and on and on as the fingerprints of the Grace Place can be found all over the world. Pastor Landon just. Got me up to date. Now it's over 120 missionaries get a check from this church every single month. We have missionaries that we support in over 50 countries. We hold crusades where literally tens of thousands of people get saved. We plant churches. We have cultivated a heart for missions because we have looked at the need. How do we make an impossible mission possible? We do that by cultivating a heart for missions. How do you cultivate a heart for missions? Well, first of all, you listen for a voice. Secondly, you look at the need. And third, you love the lost. Psalm 142 and verse 4, perhaps one of the saddest scriptures in all of scripture, the psalmist writes, and he said, I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no one who would know me. Refuge failed me. No one cared for my soul. I wonder how many people around the world today are in such a hopeless situation. I I wonder as they look around them, I wonder if their heart's cry is the same heart's cry as a psalmist. I look, but nobody knows me. Nobody cares. Nobody is there to help me. Every 60 seconds... 68 people go to hell. Start the clock, please. sixty eight people just went to hell. I ask you this morning, do we love the lost? Do we really? Do we care that people who die without Jesus go to hell and spend eternity there? on the surface, it appears that we do. Did you know that that, that America gives over three billion dollars a year? to overseas missions? It sounds like we care until until what, Pastor? Until we compare it to what we spend on other things. Yes, America gives $3 billion for missions every year. But they give $13 billion to chocolate. They spend $23 billion for toys they spend 24 billion for jewelry america spends 58 billion for soft drinks america spends 85 billion dollars every single year for lawn and garden care and are you ready America spends $354 billion every single year to eat out at restaurants. 68 people every single minute going to hell. And we spend nearly 11,700% more eating out than we do saving eternal souls from everlasting punishment truth of the matter is the average church member today will spend more money at lunch after service today than they will give to missions in a month and we even get mad at the pastor for challenging us for missions the only way that we can make an impossible mission possible is by cultivating a heart for missions jesus said in mark chapter 16 verse 15 and 16 He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creation. Jesus said, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, and those who do not believe, they will be damned. The title of the message today is Mission Possible. Mission Possible. Yes, yes, on the surface it seems impossible. It appears that we are fighting a losing battle, but I don't know about you this morning, but I believe there's hope. I believe there's hope. I don't believe that Jesus died in vain. I want to remind you of a scripture that you have long forgotten. And that is Matthew chapter 24 and verse 14. Jesus said this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Did you hear what Jesus said? He said that the entire world is going to hear the message of Jesus Christ before the end comes. Yogi Berra said it ain't over till it's over. Somebody said it ain't over till the fat lady sings. I think that was probably the last thing they ever said. (laughs) Reaching our world with the gospel message might look like, it might look pretty bleak In natural eyes, but don't forget about the God factor. Don't discount what God can do with a few willing partners. How do we make an impossible mission possible? Two things are necessary. First of all, cultivate a heart for missions. Second thing we're gonna have to do is we're gonna have to commit our hands to missions. Commit our hands to missions. John three sixteen again says that God so loved the world. God, you love the world. How much did you love the world? And in what way did you love the world? God so loved the world that He gave. He loved the world so much that He gave. What did He give? Did He give the world His leftovers? Did He give His left? Did He give the world second best? No, no. God so loved the world that He gave His one and His only Son. God gave the very, very best that He had. What God had in his heart was proven through his hands. The only way that we can make an impossible mission possible is if we transfer what's in our heart to our hands. We must commit our hands to missions. I challenge you in this Missions Advancement Week to look in your hands, see what you have in your hands that you could commit to missions. I want to suggest three possible things. The first thing in our hands this morning is our time. Our time. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 through 17 says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools but, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. And don't act thoughtlessly but understand what the Lord wants you to do. What the Lord wants who to do? See, it's not all about the missionary. It's not all about the pastor. It's not all about the staff of the church. We need to ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want us to do? We need to look into our hands and see what we have in our hands that we can invest in the kingdom of God. We ask you this morning, have you ever invested any of your time in missions? Have you ever gone on a missions trip? At the Grace Place, we usually take at least one missions trip every single year. Let me ask you, have you ever gone? Because you see, I've never seen anyone go on a missions trip and come back the same. Amen. Hallelujah. People go on a missions trip expecting to be a blessing, and they are. But the person who goes receives much more than they give. A missions trip to a third world country will give you a whole new perspective. Some people devote some of their vacation time to a missions trip. Now that's a sacrifice. But it's a very rewarding sacrifice. How do we make an impossible mission possible? By committing our hands to missions. As we look into our hands today, what do we see? Well, we see our time, but not only do we see our time, but we also see our talents. Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 8 says, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. I want you to notice two phrases here different gifts and certain things. Different gifts, certain things. See, all of us have gifts, all of us have gifts. But we don't have the same gifts. Your di- gifts are different than mine, and my gifts are different than, than yours. Oh, you might, you might think, oh, oh, I wish I could preach like Pastor Benson does, or, or I wish I could lead like he does, maybe. But I could say, I wish I understood technology like some of you do. Or I wish I could put things together instead of always having to bribe the person at the store to let me have the floor model. I don't want to go to hell. The closest I've ever been is trying to put some things together. We all have different gifts. One is not better than the other. They're just different. And all gifts are needed. Notice an x-ray, certain Things. Not all things, certain things. Nobody is good at everything, but everybody is good at something. Romans 12, verse 6 through 8 again. God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. And so he lists some things. He says, so, so if God has given you the ability to prophesy, then speak out, he says, with as much faith as God has given you. He said, if your gift is, is serving others, then serve them well. Well. If you're a teacher, he says, then teach well. He says, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. He says that if it is giving, then give generously. And he goes on to say, if God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. How do we make an impossible mission possible by, by committing what's in our hands to missions, using our God-given talents for kingdom work. Let me challenge you here this morning. If you're in the medical profession, take a missions trip and go help bring healing to some people. Amen. Yeah. If you have construction skills, go help build a church. I've been there in those third world countries. I've seen their makeshift churches. They need your help. Believe me, they need your help. If you're technical, go help some missionary that's not technical. If you're a teacher, go teach. Use the talent, use the gifts that God has given you. Use them. Use them not just to enhance your life, but use them to impact the kingdom of God. Because one of these days when we stand before the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ, He's going to ask us what what we did with what He gave us. Of course, as we look into our hands for something to commit to missions, we simply cannot overlook our treasure. Our treasure. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 17 says, if someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or a sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Did you hear what the word of the Lord said? The word of the Lord says that if you have enough and a little to spare, and others have none, and you are unwilling to invest in them. You are unwilling to alleviate their pain. You are unwilling to help them. How dare you say you love Jesus? How can God's love be in that person, he said? Romans chapter 10, verse 13 through 16, I cannot preach a mission's message without the scripture. Romans 10, begin reading with verse 13. The Bible says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, if we could just stop there, man, we could just shout, and we could be so happy, and we could be so thrilled that that all you got to do to be saved is to call upon the name of the Lord, and whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If only we could stop right there, but we can't. Because verse 14 gives us a question. It says, How then shall they call on him? in whom they have not believed. We just heard about a country that is 99% Muslim, a country that is never ever and still doesn't have a church. A country totally lost. A country that has not had an adequate presentation. And this is just one of many How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? Thank God. God has called Jeff and Stephanie to the Camorras Islands. They are hearing. They are hearing. Yes, it's a slow process. Yes, and I almost, almost want to tell them, don't tell the people you haven't converted. Nobody's come to conversion yet. Don't tell anybody that. Because we want to we get on the bandwagon of success, don't we? We want you know, them to tell us about the tens of thousands and millions that are coming. Not that they've been there four years and nobody's come to Christ yet. But I'm telling you, they're planting the seed. They're planting the seed. And a minute ago we talked that we read the scripture about Isaiah who said, Here am I, Lord, send me. God said, Who will go for me and who will who will give the message? If you'll read the story, you'll 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 discover, you'll discover that God knew that he was going to send somebody to preach a message that was not going to be received. But even though he was sending someone to preach a message that was not going to be received because of God's love, God sent them anyway. And Isaiah, even though he knew he was going to a lost cause, even though he knew he was going to preach a message that was not going to be heeded, he decided to go anyway. Because listen, we are not responsible for the results. We are just responsible to send and to go. And God loves the world so much that even though He knows the majority of people will never receive Him, they will never accept Him. But because He loves him so much, He wants to make sure they have a message. And it's not our job today. It's not our job to, to, to bring all the fruit in. It's not our job uh, to bring the success. It's our job simply to go and to send and to do. And it's up to God what He decides to do with it. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? The only way that we can make an impossible mission possible is if we commit our hands to missions. We must commit a portion of our treasure to missions. I stand up here every year and I tell you what my wife and I do for missions. I don't do that because I want to boast or brag. I don't do that to try and make myself look good. I do it because I know that if I'm going to lead, I have to lead. And I want you to know that I don't preach what I don't practice. I don't just get up here and tell you what you ought to do. I do what I tell you ought to do. And so it's because of that. It's because of that that I tell you, even though sometimes it blows people sideways when they, hear the, when they hear the numbers, but you don't understand. I've been living for God my whole life. I've been serving God my whole life. I've also kept my finances in order my whole life. I'm at a premium time in my life, and, and, and I'm committed to this. And so, and so the reason why my wife and I can give as much as we do to missions is because we plan to. We plan to. It's in our budget. In fact, it's the number one line item in our budget. The most money that goes out per month in our budget is missions. It's in our budget. It's a priority with us. And one of the reasons why we live debt-free is so we can give more. We can give more. But don't feel sorry for us because people who give more get more. And if God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. And if you'll become a giver, God will always make sure you have something to give. I want to challenge some people today. I believe there's some people, this will be the year when you will accept the challenge. I've been giving it for several years, now I'm giving it again. I'm challenging some of you to give a double tithe. A double tithe for missions. Don't neglect the first tithe because we got to have the first tithe to run the church. But I'm challenging some of you to not just give the first tithe but then give a second tithe for missions. Right now I've got 2.25% or I've got 2.25 people accepting the challenge. (laughs) I have someone who is giving a double tithe. I know someone else who's giving... A half of a second tithe, so that's 0.5%. And then someone came up to me after church and said, Pastor, we're up to 75% of 10%, 7.5%. So you add those up together, and I got 2.25. (laughs) How I got there. And this person said, we're giving 75%. Maybe this will be the year we can step it up and go to a full second tithe. I challenge you. I challenge you today. Listen, listen. I promise you, I promise you that when you, when you stand before the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ, when the rewards are passed out, you will be so glad. You will be so glad for everything you did for the kingdom of God. Our takeaway today is this. Only people who cultivate a heart for missions will commit what's in their hands to missions. Our missions statement here at the Grace Place is caring people, caring for people. We endeavor to fulfill our God-given mission in two ways. First of all, by providing care for all of our people. And secondly, by partnering with caring ministries around the world. Next Sunday, we are going to make our faith promises. We do this yearly. We make a faith promise. What is a faith promise? A faith promise is what we determine with the Lord's help that we are going to give to missions over the next 12 months. We pray and we ask God to to lead us. We listen for God's voice to tell us what he wants us to do in the coming year. And then we say, God, God, if you will provide this amount of money, I'll give it to missions. And when God puts the money in your hands, make sure you put it where you promised It's not a pledge. You never will be billed for it. You will never be uh, chastised for not doing it. It's between you and God. But I want you to be praying in this coming week, literally praying, God, speak to me. God, speak to me. God, God, am I one of those people that you want me to become a double tither? God, what figure, what number? God, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to believe you for, for missions for the coming year? Father I just pray today that you'll take this word today God not my sermon but your word today God challenge the heart of the people today challenge their heart God people that have never done anything for missions let this be the year they do people Lord that have been on the fence about a double tithe let this be the year they do God provide more so that we can give more for your kingdom Bless those as they give today. God, and God, as I pray nearly every day, God, God, I don't want to just give more money to missions, but God, I want to get the money in the right hands. God, continue to lead us and direct us and guide us to put the money in the right hands so we can do the most for your kingdom. Bless these as they give today in Jesus' name. Amen.